we have been blessed about the subject we've been looking at called leadership. How many? Just one person. Two people. Okay, it's been... Somebody gave me a birthday present. And the birthday present, I just thought I'll share it with you. The leadership secrets of Jesus Christ. I wasn't going to talk about the leadership secrets of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to share a few of, the, 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 of it with you. It says that Jesus was a problem solver. If you're going to be a leader, you must solve problems. Are you with me? I don't, personally, I don't like working with people who come and tell, rehearse the problem they encountered to, back to me. I sent him to go and do something. Say, we, we had a problem. Or, or they'll call me, Pastor, we have a problem. I don't like people like that. Because I appointed you there to be a problem solver, not a relayer of problems or a conveyor of problems. <laughs> Are you with me? Find answer and tell me that, oh, we encountered this problem or that problem and this is how we solved it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or this is how we are going to solve the problem. Don't come and tell me that you have a problem. Because if I have to come and solve the problem for you, then I don't need you there. Jesus believed in his product. If you are going to be a leader, you must believe in the product. Some people are leaders in churches. They don't believe in the church. They don't believe in the pastor of the church. <laughs> Jesus believed in the product. He believed in the father. Amen. It's not, that's not my message. I'm just sharing it with you. He said, Jesus never misrepresented his product. <laughs> There's one that I, I saw that I thought I'll share it with you. Uh, Jesus never allowed what others said about him to change his opinion of himself. Did you like that? Jesus developed a passion for his goals. Do you remember we talked about a passion? That a leader must have passion. When we're looking at Paul's leadership, isn't it? He was a man of passion. If you're going to be a good leader, you don't have passion. Nobody will follow you. <laughs> Are you with me? So don't be afraid to express your anger when you have to be angry. Don't be afraid to express your excitement when you have to be excited. Don't be afraid to cry. Because it shows that you are, you have the common touch. It shows that you are real. You know, when you come in a gown and say, blessed be thou, monotone, we, we can't relate with you. Because <laughs> we are not sure whether you are really real. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Jesus knew he did not have to close every sale to be successful. You know, it's not everybody you can carry. Some of us, we, we like to specialize on the very draining sheep. You know the very draining sheep. The people who give us trouble. We leave everybody and that is the one we concentrate on. We concentrate on and then the ministry is not moving. Nothing is working because your focus is on one per trouble person. 
if you are going to call, you are going to focus on one that person who causes trouble all the time, you will not be a good leader. You know, at the point I used to tell Pastor Gloria, there are some people you need to cut and focus on the bigger goal. Because you can't save everybody. Are you with me? The ones who you are trying to save, and they always they are going and coming, they are going and coming, they are going and coming. As you are focusing on them, you are the, the rest are not moving anywhere. Am I making sense? So you've got to know who you can carry and who you cannot carry. Because some of the people who are causing you that trouble is Satan sent. Are you with me? Satan has sent them to distract you. I talked about distraction. How many were here when we were preaching distraction? There are some people who have distraction. The more you focus on them, you won't go anywhere. How many know that there are some schools, they don't do well, not because all the children are not good, but they have about one or two naughty boys or girls in a classroom that always take the attention of the whole class. If you're going to be a good teacher, exclude those people. And concentrate on those who want to learn. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Then you will improve. But as you are trying, keep quiet, keep quiet, keep quiet, Psalms, keep quiet, Psalms, keep quiet. I don't know why I use Psalms. <laughs> keep quiet, Psalms. Then, then, then. The whole lecture, you are focusing on Sam, who is causing trouble. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? It's not part of what I'm saying, but we are talking about leadership, so it makes sense, isn't it? Because it's not everybody Jesus wasted time on. Jesus didn't waste time on everybody. And you are not the one who's going to be better than Jesus. Are you with me? So concentrate on those that you need to concentrate on. Those that will not, at a point, just leave them. Because some of the time, when you leave them, they'll go around and come back. Because all they needed was attention. When you don't give them attention, they'll go and come back. And when they come back, they'll be better behaved. <laughs> yeah? I'll give you one last one. Jesus respected authority. So it's a good book. So I'm going to read it. I just thought I'll share it with you. But I said we're going to look at other leaders, but I think that we've exhausted leadership for this year. What do you think? So I want us to put a pause on it, just bring it to a halt tonight, and then we'll take it up another time. How many have really learned something on leadership for your own life? There's enough to learn. Because we, we talked about the leadership of Abraham. We talked about the leadership of Peter. And then we looked at the leadership of Paul. And all these guys taught us something unique and something different. Hallelujah. So I want us to put all of this together in summary and put it in our context. Does that make sense? Put everything we have learned so far, like summarize everything we've learned so far in context with us as we are sitting here today. Come with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. So we are going to use Jeremiah as a summary for leadership. We're starting from verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord, 
God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I have sent, I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, hallelujah, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said, See, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations, to, over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot and it is facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants inhabitants of the land. For, I, for behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come and each one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gate of Jerusalem against all its walls, all, all its walls all around and against the cities of Judah. Amen. I'll end here because I don't think we can finish all that today. Amen. But all these things, the first, let's go to the first verse, verse 4. All these things, is that the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed thee, I knew you. Before you were born, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Everything we have read so far about leadership, everything we have read about pe people being called into leadership, like Abraham, he was minding his own business, serving his father's gods when the Lord appeared to him and told him, leave your father's house to a land that I will show you. And then he went, isn't it? Peter, how many remember we talked about Peter? Peter was minding his own fishes, the bad sail he had had the night. He went to business and caught very few fish and he was very upset and he had told on, and Jesus came to sit in his boat and he said, push, he pushed the boat a little out. And when he pushed the boat, he sat there and began to teach the people. When he had finished, he said that, launch into the side and for a drought. He said, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. But I, nevertheless, at thy word, how many remember we talked about it? At thy word, he led the nets out and then he caught a great number of fishes. And when they had brought it to the shore, he said, from today, Peter, you will catch men. Remember, Peter said, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Amen. All that thing goes to show that none of us, none of us in this room called ourselves. None of us have, have uh, uh, orchestrated or pre prepared, uh, you know, planned that in 2019, I'll be in Leeds and I'll be sitting in a, in a place and I'll be a leader in the church. How many planned that? Me, myself, I didn't plan it. A few years ago, if you had told me that I'll be going to lead to be a pastor in the church, I would have cast you. 
Yeah, 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 I would have fought with you because I was a very nice place and I enjoyed the place I was. And I wasn't thinking of coming to this cold country. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that goes to show that none of us appoint ourselves as leaders. Amen. Leadership always meets us. And as we are sitting in this room and you are listening to me talk about leadership, I want you to understand that God has called you. And God does not inquire or God does not discuss with you before he chooses you. He said before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified. Sanctif the word sanctified means I set you apart. And I ordained you. Ordained means called into. So I set you apart and I called you into. Amen. None of us plan to be here, but God has somehow, some way brought us together and he has set us apart and he has ordained us, appointed us to, to hear what we are hearing, to change our lives and to change the lives of others. Hallelujah. So leadership is not by appointment. Those of us who say that we don't want to lead, we don't want trouble, we don't want anybody to bother us. We want to just come to church through a few uh, pounce into the offering bag once in a while and go home. I have news for you. You didn't call yourself. He called you. Touch the neighbor sitting next to you and say, he called you. <laughs> Psalm 37. <laughs> Psalm 37 verse 23 to 25. The Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And he delights in his way. You see, as you are walking, all that you have been through, all that you have gone through, all that you are going through, what you don't know was that it was God ordained and God planned. Are you with me? If God had not planned the way he planned it, you wouldn't be sitting where you are sitting. If God had not let some people leave you, some people come into your life. Some people disappoint you. Some people hurt you. Some people lie to you. Some people lied about you. All those type of things was orchestration of God. You know, when uh, uh, Joseph said that, you guys meant it for evil, but God has turned it around. See, Joseph had an appointment in the prison cells and was not any other ordinary prison, but it was the prison where the king kept his political opposition. That was the prison that Joseph had to go. Because Joseph had to learn. See, if you want to learn politics of any country, you must first learn the politics of the opposition. And then learn the politics of the ruling government. And put them together and get the politics of the whole country. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So how was Joseph going to learn the politics of Egypt? Much, much more to learn the politics of the opposition party in Egypt, if not for the prison. And how was Joseph going to end up in prison? A very nice, quiet, obedient child like, like Joseph. How was he going to go to prison? He, there was no way he was going to ever go to prison. So he needed his brothers to plan to kill him, and then somebody suggests that, no, let's not kill him, let's sell him. And for him to be sold to a certain man who also went and sold him to Potiphar, and Potiphar's, you know, Potiphar's wife to eye him. <laughs> the eyeing of Potiphar's wife was necessary. Was necessary. <laughs> How come Potiphar's wife hasn't eyed any boy? 
All this while, we never heard that Potiphar's wife, maybe Potiphar's wife was eyeing a lot of people, but the Bible didn't tell us. All the Bible said that when Potiphar's wife saw Joseph, said, no, this guy I must have. You know, so all the things that have happened up to this point, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, was preparing for such a time as this. And where you are sitting now, it's also a preparation for the future. Are, are you with me? You never know. Maybe here is a practice. I remember when one day, the church that I ended up in, you see, I told my story. I used to go to church, from church to church. I used to go and play music and collect money. I was not uh, into going to sit in any church because I've been churching from the time I was 12 or younger. So church, as for church, I knew church. When I say you, 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 I knew the intricacies of church. I know how it works. I know how everything. I know, I mean, I've been there. I've done that. So now my, my plan was I come and play, praise and worship everything, collect money and go. Then I go to this church, play, play, and I go, then I go to the other church, play, play. I go to the church that I went, that they, I played and they didn't pay me. That I was angry. Somehow, that was the church I stayed in. <laughs> and as I stayed, because I, when I stayed, I told you the story. I'm not going to say it again. I told you the story. I was not happy staying there, but for one person. And then there, there's this, can I say, some people are recording, so I'm feeling. This cheeky pastor who did not pay me when I prayed, I prayed for him. One day came and said that, would you want to be the choir director? I looked at the guy, but I said, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Because to, to think about it, I used to get about 300, 400 pounds every Sunday. I had about three or four churches I go and play. By the time I've come from this church to this church, to this church, to this church, I've collected a lot of money. So it was a business. For me, it was business. So for me to come and stay in one church means I'm losing money. Yes, so staying in that church is a loss for me. And number two, I'm not being paid there too. And now the, 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 the pastor says, I should come and be choir director. What kind of... <laughs> you, you understand? And I tell you, I've never ever seen a group of incorrigible, if there's a word like that, incorrigible people. I mean, this type of people, they were not people that you, you know, it's very nice when you have people sit here, they all say, no, 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 no. These people, they are. <laughs> One of the church members went, the choristers went to the, the pastor and said, there's a lot of fear in this, in this church, but I want you to know, I don't fear you. He was my member of my <laughs> Even my pastor is afraid of him, let alone me. <laughs> These were the people that I had to put together and teach them a song and let them come and sing on Sunday. Very, very wild type of people. But you see, it was the training ground to teach me how to deal with stubborn church members. <laughs> I didn't realize it. It was a training ground. Not One day, 
not to be not to fear people who say they don't fear me. <laughs> yeah. I remember one day I was in the middle of choir rehearsals after a, a few years. I'll be handling the choir. Then the same pastor came to me. Yeah. Grace, I think you have to start it. Be a pastor. Start the church. I laughed. It was in front of everybody. I laughed. I said, you are crazy. <laughs> then I realized I was talking to the pastor. <laughs> yeah. But you see, when I left and went to pastor the church, I realized that it's the same incorrigible people. <laughs> yes, a few more. <laughs> so it's a, if you can count from 0 to 10, 11 to 20 is just an addition of one, zero to ten. When you get twenty to thirty, it's another addition of. I, I get what I'm saying. Yeah, everything I know as a pastor is what I learned leading those incorrigible people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were wild. They were very wild. I mean, there are different shades of wild. Yeah. I mean one. One, 4 a.m., one's husband is throwing her things down the uh, 33rd floor to the down. And we are trying to catch the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 4 a.m., my choir member needs, a, needs help, and I'm there, kneeling down, begging some man. <laughs> Who was throwing <laughs> my choir member's things overboard? I, I learned how to pastor from there. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can deal with this. See, so all the little things. See, David learned how to handle people by handling sheep. Because if you can deal with sheep, you can deal with human beings. Because sheep, some are very stubborn. When everybody's going and one wants to come here, and you have to find a way to get that one to go this way without dispersing these ones. And when a lion comes, you have to find a skillful way of killing the lion without dispersing the sheep. When the bear comes, see, because the lion will run through to scatter the sheep, isn't it? And so you have, a skill, you have to find a skill of keeping and fighting, maintaining what you have and fighting the attacker. Are you with me? Or chasing away the, the chaser. Amen. And all that skill, he had to use it when he became a leader. Hallelujah. So you see, all that we are going through is a rehearsal of the future. Are you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that to let us understand that what we have, the opportunity we have been given now to lead it's a rehearsal of where God is taking us. And like the, the, the wisest man Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart and your might. Because you don't know the future. You don't know where you are going. Amen. Some of us don't know. We will do it when we get to. Who told you you are getting to this place? And if you don't learn how to do it here, you won't be able to do it there. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? So the first thing is that you didn't choose yourself. The second thing is that all that you have been through was God's orchestration to bring you to this point. 
Amen. He said that though he falls, 24, verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord opposed him with his hand. How many are falling? I mean, up before this point, you went somewhere, you fell, you got disappointed, things didn't work out for you. Well, give me a wave, give me a wave. I'm not talking to real church members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, what I want you to understand is that all that you have been through, God still upheld you to this point. Even though you fell, you were disappointed, you cried a little bit, you were discouraged. All those things, it didn't destroy you. It didn't destroy you. Why? Because he kept you with his hand. For I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. God is the one who is holding your hand and bringing you to where you are. And he's the one that will take you from here. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So you see, don't see it as the pastor wants me to do something. Because me, I was angry with the pastor. Because he didn't pay me. He promised me. Up to today, as I'm speaking about 22 years down the line, that money never came. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never paid me. But all that, God was holding my hand. Amen. I never ever planned to be a senior pastor in any church. No, 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 that's not a plan. It's never been a plan. But one thing I've always done, and one thing I encourage you to do, is follow on. The Bible says, then shall we know if we follow on to know. If you keep following, it becomes, the, it, 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 God reveals himself as you are going to unfolds. Then you understand, ah, okay, that thing, was for this. What I went through was preparing me. You know the broken heart you suffered? That made you cry. Made you depressed. Made you uh, want to kill yourself. And all that. It was good. Because it was preparing you. For the day you will need to comfort somebody. For the day somebody is about to jump from the uh, 19th floor to kill themselves. You have a word. Because you tell them that I've been there. Before you jump, let me tell you my story. I'm not saying don't jump. All I'm saying is that before you jump, hear my story. And when they hear your story, they won't feel like jumping anymore. Then you understand that that time that you felt like killing yourself was not for you, but it was for you to have a story for somebody's salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah, you missed a good place to put your hands together. Amen. So now that we are here, we must see ourselves as God sees us. He said that I ordained you a prophet. He didn't call you a, a child. Go back to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Listen to what the Jeremiah said. Then said I, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But he says, you are a prophet. Are you with me? How many have, oh, but I am 
I am a youth. Oh, I am a student. Oh, I am young. Oh, I am busy. Oh, I, I don't have money. Oh, I don't have a good accent. Oh, I can't speak English very well. Oh, I can't lead people. Oh, I am shy. Oh, I have this problem. Oh, I have that problem. Oh, I have this. He says that I knew all those things. But I'm calling you a prophet. I'm not calling you by your faults. It's only human beings that call others by their mistakes. Every human being will call you the woman with the issue of blood. He will call you the barren woman. He will call you the, the blind Bartimaeus. He will call you by your problem. That's man. But God calls you by what you, your potential. He calls you a prophet when you're a child. He calls you a mighty man of valor when you are hiding under the, the, the bush to eat some small meal. That is when God calls you. So he calls you by what he has deposited in you, what you can become, not what you are. Hallelujah. So see yourself as God sees you. Never ever downplay God's gift and ability that he has deposited in you. Can I help somebody here? When you are given something to do, whether you can do it or not, have a goal. Are you with me? How many have been given, just before we came for this meeting, you are given an assignment. Give me a wave. And you look at the assignment, you look at me, I don't think I'm, I don't think I qualify. Listen, listen, give it a go. Try it. And give it 110%. Because you don't know what's in you. It's not about you calling yourself a youth. It's not about you calling yourself, I don't have the right color. I don't have the right accent. I don't have the right language. I don't have, no, no, no. God is not interested in all that. What God is interested in is you. And all that you have been through. All the mistakes you have made. All your badness, your goodness, your, your somewhereness, all that, he likes it as it is. Yeah. He said, I can't speak. Uh, you remember uh, Abraham was giving excuse, I am barren. How can I become a father of many nations when seeing that I don't have a child? See, we are very, very good at describing what we are not. We are very good at talking about the negativities. We are very good at describing our inabilities. We are very, very good. You don't need anybody to tell you what you are not. You, you do a fine job yourself. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not this. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, I, no, no, no. Zach. Go in this dynamite. Remember? Peter, he said, me, I am a fisherman. If you give me fish, I'll do a fine job. You give me sea, I'm fine. You give me a boat, I'm fine. But if you give me, catch human beings, what kind of problem is that? Because Peter knew that he had a bad temper. Peter knew that he was very quick and sharp. He, 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 he behaves, he acts before he thinks. You can't be a good leader when you act before you think. <laughs> because you make mistakes. You can't slap somebody and say, oh, sorry. 
<laughs> you, you can't do that as a leader. I, I, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. But, but God knows all your, in, your inabilities. He knows all your disabilities. But God says that I have ordained you. I have called you. I know you. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Stop belittling yourself. How many have that thing? Give me a wave. You belittle yourself. I can't. I'm not there. I'm not. I can't do it. I don't know. You see, Pastor, it's true. I've been in church for a while, but as for me, this Bible, Bible thing, I don't know it very much. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. Remember, remember that Abraham was busy serving idols. But he has become the father of many nations. Peter's struggling. But look at Peter today. Paul, he was on his way to kill human beings. He was on his way to murder. Amen. Number two. So the first one is your leadership position has been orchestrated by God. Amen. Number two, remember that throughout the Bible, anyone God called to use did not think they were capable. So here he says, I am a youth. I am young. I am young. See, First, first Corinthians 26 to 31. It will tell you who God calls. 1 Corinthians 26. 1 Corinthians 1, sorry. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. It will tell you who God calls. Let's read it together. Ready, go. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Amen. So the ones that God called are not many wise, according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. So how many put up by hand? How many are not wise? Put your hand up. How many are not mighty? Put your hand up. Oh, I'm making a survey. Not mighty. Okay, stand. How many are not wise? Stand. How many are not mighty? Stand. How many are not noble? Stand. Okay. I'm still waiting. Okay. So those are still sitting. You are wise. You are noble. So you are not called, basically. So the rest who are standing, clap for yourself because you are called. <laughs> 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of this world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. 
and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Hallelujah. That no flesh should glory and in his presence. Amen. No flesh. See, so God will choose not many wise. Not many. That's why we don't have many professors in the church. Yeah. Dr. Lamte, you are a professor. You are one of the few Christians in your own place. See, this man is not a small man. Actually, just you see him sitting here. He's a very big man. He's a big, big, big professor. <laughs> professor of professors. Yeah, 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 yeah. He teaches the professors. Yeah. You see, there are not many of his kind in the church. Because all the prophets don't believe in God. Yeah. They don't believe in God. See, this man is great. He's building trees from one end of Africa to the other. You, you don't know anything. This <laughs> 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 so as you see him, he's, he's, he, he's, all the heads of state, he's commanded them, build trees from this corner to that corner. <laughs> How many professors you know who can go to presidents and say that build even a, 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 a what do you call it a one branch? From C to C. From uh, no, from one coast is what Gabon, no Senegal. From Senegal to Ethiopia, I say to Djibouti. From Senegal to Djibouti, that means that he's crossing, he's putting a belt, a seat belt in Africa. From east to west, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a seat belt. No, it's not, it's not just, it's, it's going from this side and it's crossing up to this side. So it's a seat belt. It's not just like that. It's not horizontal. It's diagonal. So it's, it's not a small man. You see, that is why I was very happy when I went for his presentation. He brought God in. I was like, this man is, is my man. He put God in the thing. because You will listen by force. Because if you have come for me to teach you, I'm starting from God. If you like, say, say that. It was very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the professors were all sitting there. They couldn't say anything because he has the knowledge. You know the thing. I know the thing. And I'm starting from God. That's why you too, when you go to where you are, that's your job. You must present God. When you are doing a presentation, find a way. Because what he brought God in, it was not part of the presentation. I mean, there was nothing in that thing that really, he could have done without, easily done without it. But he just put it in. And it, and it worked. <laughs> it worked fully. He was talking about climate change, but God, he said, no, he said that he is an evangelist of climate, climate change. Climate evangelist. Yeah. Bible evangelist, climate evangelist. When climate change evangelist. Hallelujah. Very powerful. Amen. 
I see, I, I'm saying all this to let you know that his kind are very rare in the church. You see, these inventors, these millionaires, these billionaires, these stars, these football people, they won't come to church. Are you with me? Yeah. But I see, God doesn't even bother with them. Because it's like once I choose, are not many mighty after the flesh. Because I choose them and I do something beautiful with them and it blows the minds of the mighty. Amen. So that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us the wisdom from God and the righteousness and sanctification and redemption as it is written, he will glory, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying all that to tell us that God has not called us because we are capable. God never calls the capable. He calls you as you are and he does fantastic things with you. Are you with me? If today, if you can resurrect Paul and show Paul how powerful and how famous he is in the world today, he'll be very surprised. Do you know that all these famous people that in the Bible and things, they didn't die thinking of themselves as famous? Are you with me? We are looking at them as like, wow. I mean, the man wrote a, a third of the New Testament. And there's no church you can go to and hear sermon that you not hear Paul's message preached. So when you hear after, after Jesus' sermons, the next sermon you hear is Paul's. Before the prophets. So he's a very powerful guy. But he was a murderer. Chasing people to kill. Until God met him in a very funny place. Where the place that God met him was on the roadside somewhere. In fact, we don't even know the exact point. See, it, 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 I'm saying that to tell you that as you're walking, when your, 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 your uh, biography is written from here on in, they will say that this person has done great things for God. But we don't even know where exactly he encountered God. It was a Wednesday evening somewhere in some street that is, we don't even remember the name in Leeds, West Yorkshire. And, and I don't even, I can't remember how, but God met him. God met her and God transformed her life and put a word in her mouth, put fire in the belly. And now this person has become what they've become. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Look at Isaiah 8, 18 with me. Isaiah 8, 18. Say, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Amen. We are for signs and wonders. If you allow God, God will make a sign and a wonder out of your life. You didn't hear me. I say, if you allow God, God will make a sign and a wonder out of your life. Remember, all these people, they had to allow God to use them. God never forced anybody into leadership. Do you understand? When we, we saw 
Abraham. He said, leave your father's house and your mother's house to the land I'll show you. God didn't show him the land, but he followed. When we talked about Moses, Moses was running away from killing somebody to go and hide in the wilderness. And God called him, said, I'm going to make you a leader of the people. Amen. But he had to agree. See, all these people initially didn't want to go. Moses didn't want to go. Abraham didn't want to go. Joshua didn't want to go. Peter didn't want to go. Definitely Paul didn't want to go. But somehow they agreed and followed. So I'm telling you that you're not wanting to do is natural. Uh, are you with me? Today we are doing practicals of all we have done. So I'm not talking about Peter. I'm not talking about Abraham. I'm not talking about uh, Paul. I'm talking about you. <laughs> are you with me? How many don't really want to do this uh, church thing? Lead in the house of God. Give me a wave. It's natural. It's a very natural feeling. But get over yourself. I say get over yourself. Get over that natural feeling of not wanting. I tell you, me, I was the number one person not wanting to stand where I'm standing. When my pastor told me that I should be, uh, uh, he, he thinks I can be a pastor. I said, no, 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 you are, you are joking. Then me, because you know what I used to do? I, I, I'm even a choir. I didn't want like the, me, I like the instruments. You see, if you make me the leader of the instruments, I'll be fine. Because I can deal with that. But to make the instrument of, uh, leader of these people, who don't fear pastors? You can ask her, she'll tell you. Very wild guys, though. All of them were wild. Some were like snakes. <laughs> yeah. Some two were very dodgy. I remember one day I was talking to one girl who had just come uh, from work. So we're talking, we're, we're chatting, then I was holding her hand. And I said, oh, so where are you coming from? So I'm coming from work. So I said, oh, yeah. so where is it? Oh, you work in Hammersmith. I said, oh, so what job do you do? <laughs> Chris, you don't want to know. I said, oh, what job do you do? A bad dead body. In Hammersmith. I started to clean my hand. Very wild guys. How many of you have done that job? You haven't, you haven't seen anything yet. She has finished her job. She has come to stand. She has come to sing auto. She knows the, the, the lady. She's a lady. I mean, I'm telling you, wild. My choir was very wild, though. Yeah. Today, majority of them are pastors. Yeah. See, 
It's okay not to see yourself as a leader. It's okay to see yourself as a struggler. Even your faith, your own faith, you are struggling. It's okay. You know, today you believe, tomorrow you don't believe. Today you live holy, the next day you are, you are confessing your sins and all that. It's okay. Are you with me? I have called you a prophet. Stop saying that you are a child in Christ. Stop saying that you all have your own struggles. Stop saying, giving excuses why you can't do. You see, the reason why Zachariah had to be shut up, had to be muted so that he lose his voice was because he kept giving excuses too much. Sometimes it's okay to give one, two excuses. But when you start going too much, you need to be shut up. Do you, do you get So Zachariah, they, 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 Zachariah became dumb. He couldn't speak. Because anytime he opens his mouth, it was wrong. Moses, he argued and argued and argued until God said, okay, bring Aaron with you. The person who caused Moses the most problem was Aaron. If you resurrect Moses right now, ask him his greatest regret. It will be his brother that he took along. <laughs> yeah. His brother and his sister. If you had known. See, because there are some people you can't sack. You, you can't sack your wife from the church. <laughs> That's the number one dissident you can't sack. <laughs> you can make it for a seat at the back, but you can't sack it from the church. Hallelujah. Number three. Have you learned something? So let's go back to the scripture. <laughs> As I've given three, you have, you have ten. He says, then I said, I... Ah, Lord, I, can't be, I cannot speak for I am but a youth. Go on. And the Lord said, do not say you are youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Amen. How many are going to go to everywhere God sends us? We are sending you to ten people. Go to the ten people. The ten people is a rehearsal. If you can do the 10 well, you can do 50 well. You can do 10 well. 10 is the base number for any mathematical, isn't it? 0 to 10, isn't it? If you, can, if you master 0 to 10, addition, multiplication, division of 0 to 10, you can do mathematics. 0 to 9. You can do 0 to 9. You can do mathematics, isn't it? Because everything is... Uh, So zero, that's you, to nine people. <laughs> if you can handle, because, because remember, we said the first person you are leading is you. So you are zero. You are leading yourself. Which means that you can't tell people that come to church when you are sleeping at home. Are you with me? You can't encourage people that, oh, don't do this when you are doing it. You'll be a bad leader. So you are the zero. I said, listen to what I'm saying. Don't do what I, I'm doing. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Did I tell you the, the uh, praise and worship leader who was in a disco and then met the, the, girl, the new girl who had just joined the praise and worship team? I had a praise and worship leader. She was in the praise and worship, leading the praise and worship in the church. Then she would go to a nightclub. And then one day she was in a nightclub drinking and dancing. 
drinking and dancing and dancing and dancing. And then she turned. When she turned, here was this young girl who had just joined the prison worship team, also dancing. <laughs> then the girl said, hey, my leader. <laughs> and the leader said, hey, my member. What are you doing here? You do what are you doing here? So the leader said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but the young girl left and called me. Said, guess where I just met my leader? I said, where? In the nightclub. You can't do that. You can't say, do this, and you are doing something. So this 0 to 10 that we are talking, this uh, 0 to 9 or uh, te- uh, or 10, was it, 30-10 uh, thing. It starts with you. You are leading yourself and leading others. You are encouraging yourself and encouraging others. You are pastoring yourself and pastoring others. That's what it means. Because your life becomes an example. Hallelujah. Are we learning something? Yeah. You see, this guy... His frailties, his frailties are what? It means fragile, isn't it? Weaknesses. That's what it means. His frailties and his weaknesses was his age, number one. His inexperience, number two. His accent, number three. His skin color, number four. His history, number five. And number six, the people. Because if you had told him to go and pastor children, he would have been okay. But he says that the people you are sending me to, they are older than me. I am a child. They know more. First Timothy 4, 12. This goes to all my young people in this house. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Amen. Let no one despise you because of your youth. Let no one despise you because of where you have been. Let no one despise you because of your history. Let no one despise you because of your past. Let, them, let nobody say to you that you, you don't know anything because you are young. You know, somebody, I was talking to a pastor recently, and then the pastor was like, oh, he's been watching our, um, our broadcast every time. They said, ah, your church, there are not a lot of prominent people. Then I said, what do you mean by prominent people? He said, your church, it looks like a Sunday school. That's, I like it. I like it. Me, I have Sunday school. You, your prominent people, they are not even up to 20. And they, don't, they are not doing anything for you. You are coming to tell me that my church is a young, young people's church. Yeah, I like it like that. You know, it's like people like to put you down. Do you understand what I'm saying? I say, oh, yeah, some of them look young. But when you go, you look at them carefully, 
Some of their grandmothers. You know, Sandra, have you seen Sandra? Look, look at Sandra. Sandra looks like a child. Her daughter is 37. Her grandchild is, she's two now, grandchild. You see her, you think she's a child. Her daughter is 37 years old. So you see our people, they look young, but they are not that young. <laughs> they are not that young. Yeah. Now when you see it, she looks like 18. When she in a, in a uh, what do you call t-shirt and jeans and she's singing, they say, this is, these are children. <laughs> we like it like that. I said, we like it like that. But you get something. After 10, 5 years, 10 years, the young people they are calling youth will become old. And the people they are calling prominent will be pensioners. <laughs> see, the people don't think, think far. So, you see, this, this church, we don't despise any people. When you are young, we give you leadership position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a young person, teenager, you can be a pastor in this church. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We are not shy at all. We are not shy at all. After all, Jesus, how old was Jesus? Yeah. John was 17. When he was a disciple, John was 17 years old. And he wrote, Beloved, let us love. <laughs> love is of God. Yeah. He knows the Lord. He wrote the whole book of Revelation. None of them saw the future as John. I was only 17 years old. Am I talking to somebody? So don't let anybody think you are too young. Don't let anybody. You see, when, I, when I started, I was only 12, 10 old, 10, 12. The things that I know today, I learned them when I was 10 years old. I learned them when I was 10 or 12 years old. That's when, that is when I learned how to do, go to crusade and do crusade. How to cast devils, I learned it when I was not even a teenager. To put your hand and cast spirit, evil spirits from people, I learned it when I was in, before I went to secondary school. Are, are you getting it? So don't let anybody put you down because you are young. That's why I don't like people when they say, oh, they, they are you, don't let the youth go. No, 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 no. I want them all here. Yeah. That's why I don't like the children's church teaching them uh, Joseph had a uh, coat of many colors. Uh, no, 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 I don't like those type of songs. You know what I mean. Uh, uh, Father Abraham has many sons, many sons. Has Father Abraham, I am one of them. So are you. So let us praise the Lord right now. No! When the world is teaching them pornography, you are teaching them Father Abraham. Are you serious? No, 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 we don't do that here. We teach the children how to speak in tongues. Amen. Yeah. We teach them wild things. Because the world is teaching them wilder things. Yeah. You don't even know what your children know. 
You don't you know. Don't, you don't even want to know. They know more than you know. No, you know that they know. Yeah. So, so this is the this is the trick. This is the trick. Next verse. This is the trick. He says, quickly, verse 13. Oh, you're slowing me down. You're slowing me down. Till I come, give attention to what? Reading. This is how you're going to grow. This is how you're going to develop. This is how you're going to become what God has called you to do, become. Till I come, give attention to what? Reading. And to exhortation. See, exhortation is just encouraging people. You know, when you learn something from the Bible, this is what I was taught when I was uh, uh, 12 years old. When you go to, uh, what do you call, fellowship, after fellowship, you are encouraged to go home and tell your friends what you learned. Do you understand? So you didn't know anything, but uh, today we, we are talking about leadership. So when you go home, tell your friends, oh, so you know, you, 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 can, learn, you can be a leader. Your, your child, being a child is not a problem. You see, you can become this. You, can, you read the scripture with them. You encourage them. That's exhortation. The more you do, the more you, you perfect it. Are you with me? The more you encourage people with what you have learned. So like as we're going home now, your friends, your, your mates, your, you just tell them, oh, this is what I learned in church. That is how you, you develop yourself. Because if you read and you don't practice, you become proud. Because <laughs> then when somebody starts to preach, say, no, 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 he didn't use the right verse. He should have used that verse, this verse. and He should have brought this example. He should have brought uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3. That would have buttressed the point very well. No, 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 no. No. He says, till I come, give yourself to reading and to exhortation, to doctrine. Amen. Read on quickly. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, which has been placed in you by prophecy. Don't neglect it. Which means that so long as you have been prayed over, you have some anointing inside of you. When you go and somebody is sick, put your hand on them and pray. And believe that they will be healed. I tell you, they will be healed for real. Am I talking to somebody? Do not neglect the gift which is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, by the laying on of hands, by the eldership. We are about to have a convention. This convention that we are going to have this, this year is going to be a wild convention, a Holy Ghost power convention. By the time we leave here, the power of God inside of us will be evident to see. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deliberately, we are going to be, we are going to be cooked to become powerful. When I say cook to become powerful, you know what I mean. It's a literal translation. That when you see somebody's powerful, it means the person has been cooked. So they are hot. Amen? <laughs> My time's up. Okay. All right. So uh, we got up to what point? Number three. So let me, let me read, finish the, the, the verse and then we start from here next, next time. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly unto them that your profiting may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. See, the problem we have is that we don't continue. 
Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. Amen.